How come we're out here in the forest to do this podcast? Because snake oil packs the accountant. That doesn't make any sense. That's what you get. Oh, this is the LoadingRadioRun.com podcast for September 8th, 2012. Yeah, yay! Friends on the couch. Yay. So comfy. Couch friends. Couch yeah. with friends. We need, a, we need a couch that's like six inches bigger, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. The fact that you can get five of us on this couch at all is pretty impressive. So we look like spelled. a sitcom. Paul's here. And oh, I'm here. On my <laughs> and Kathleen's here. And Cam is back from Calgary. Hi. And, we missed you. And Andy's visiting you. from Vancouver. Hello. So we thought we would do a podcast. So uh, James and Matt are. At, at Beer Fest. Beer Fest. I think this is a strict upgrade. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we've traded in Matt. and Matt for Cam yeah. and Andy. Yeah. If, yeah. if you listen carefully, you can hear Matt from here. Probably. Yeah. Woo, I'm so <laughs> I'm drunk. So, drunk. <laughs> so uh, the last podcast we did was for Occupied. And so this week we're going to talk about the videos since then. First with Scout Dishonor, which... I wrote. Yeah. And it's video, and uh, it turned out really well, and I was very happy with it. I have really not much to add to it. It's pretty, fairly self-explanatory in the loading time. What inspired it again? I can't remember. Oh. All right. Sorry. It's okay. It was a while ago. What was the one? Oh, that we haven't, we haven't actually aired that yet. I was yes. like, I thought there was one inspired by Labyrinth, but no, we haven't actually aired that. <laughs> I don't see how this would have been inspired by Labyrinth. This was not inspired by Labyrinth. No, I didn't think this one was. I was just trying to. I was like, I, I know there was something. I think this was inspired by Moonrise Kingdom, which I had seen mm. much more mm. recently. Right, right. Mm, that makes more sense. I was really happy, like uh, how the the uh, you know the scouts being little and Graham being taller and that whole stuff actually worked out quite well. Mm-hmm. Mm. We put more effort into the into the the costumes than the for that purpose than maybe worked because the plan was that I would wear because I don't actually know if you even got like a full body shot of of do. my character but no, i'm wearing I think, I think i'm wide, wearing shorts like up to like here i'm wearing like quite high khakis and the the scouts are wearing really long ones to make their legs look shorter to basically to make it look like we're wearing the same size shorts but mm-hmm. they're smaller mm-hmm. um and then we're kneeling down in the in the uh, shoulder shots and stuff. yeah but yeah i thought it, i thought it worked really well um, we did, however, get as we mentioned in the loading time, get absolutely mauled by mosquitoes. Yes. Once, once we got the mosquito. That was great stuff. That was. That we was lit- fine. literally had one fly towards. I think it was James, and just went like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. This sucks. Yeah. Uh, mosquito. Uh, mosquito joke. All right. Um, mm. But yeah, that that one turned out really well. Then we did snake oil, which is a script I wrote a long time ago. I don't remember when, but we've we've been trying to shoot it, but we couldn't find a location. Hmm. It's the kind of video that we used to have sh- would have shot in Graham's parents' old place. Yeah, you know the, then they moved. Then they the, moved. the library where we shot a whole basically anything that we needed, like a neat old timey set for. Yep. which I'm sure you guys all know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they moved. Yeah, so maybe we have a new old timey set. Yeah, you know, requires a little bit more notice, but. 
Yeah, they're but very, they were they're very cool. Food. They were yeah, they were totally up they for it. They set out lemonade and cookies for us. Oh my god, oh, so good. So nice. Where was it? Car house. Really? Yeah. yeah. Emily Carr, famous yeah. Canadian painter. Mm-hmm. Uh we were yeah, we were shooting a silly video in her very drawing room, I guess. Mm-hmm. In the parlor. Parlor, yeah. Yes. The uh uh the, the snake oil itself actually was not a mixture of water and dirty water, it was a mixture of water and lemonade. Mm. <laughs> so thanks for setting out lemonade. We needed that. Yes. Uh, and then we did ways to prepare for packs. Yes, because I mentioned that we I mentioned again in, in the loading time that we were going to do a different video, and didn't have a prop for it. We we're going to like a different X ways to Y. And then the night before, we were like, wait, let's do the or two nights before because you wrote most of these, didn't you? Yeah, uh, James. Yeah, it was. I think it was that we we had you know we were like on uh, on Friday or on Thursday mm-hmm. we were like oh man we're not going to get this X-rays to why that we want to do done what are we going to do and we were sort of thinking about it and I think Graham had left and uh, James was like how about uh, ways to you know ways to prepare for packs mm-hmm. I was like oh huh, that's really interesting and then we left and then like on the way home I just started I started like texting James. I random ideas that I had, yeah. and then I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll I'll go home and actually write a bunch of these down." Yeah, and uh, yeah, I like it. it turned out uh, turned out very well. And then we came up with a bunch of stuff that morning. Yeah, such as oh. such as Kathleen getting up to do a phone call. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? <laughs> uh, we did um, uh, the uh, b- 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 the uh, Ferris Bueller reference mm-hmm. was not originally going to be that it was just going to be like study old maps because we have these old pax maps here and it was just going to be like with like a magnifying glass or something like hmm yes i see the expo floor is here yes. yeah yeah or just like just studying the old maps and i think was it james who wanted yeah, to do the, the yeah james the ferris like, bueller thing what if it's the ferris bueller thing we're like what what ferris bueller thing he's like oh this you know the thing from the art gallery which i yeah. remembered afterwards yeah. but yeah and then it was very good and that, i mean that was one yeah. of those ones that's probably that's like a I, mean, I noticed in the comments, like, hits a certain age level, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, some people haven't seen Ferris Bueller, which is impressive because... It's I, on TV, maybe, like, all the time. Maybe it's yeah. not always shown on TV anymore, but at least when we were kids... Like, I remember there was actually one station that would just show, for an entire day, would just show Ferris Bueller <laughs> over and over again on, like, one day a year. Because yeah. they got asked to show it so much, they're like... Screw it. <laughs> you got no excuse. If you come yeah, part yeah. way through, you can just keep on watching. It'll be on again. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, the music from it is the same music as in the original, which was it was really difficult to get the bit of music that is in that because the whole piece is only like three and a half minutes, but it all sounds basically the same. Well, yeah, because it's an electronic cover of a Smith song. Yeah, but it's, so it's just sort of, you know, yeah. trying to find exactly the right, because there is some editing to the music there, and trying to find which part of it actually proved way more challenging than you uh, think. I, I assume that you just used the music from the video. Um, I found a better quality version. No. I didn't, didn't want to just download the YouTube version. <laughs> I guess I could have just done that. The YouTube version wouldn't, wouldn't have been the same timing, though, because the YouTube one has the... Uh, occasionally cuts away to Ferris and what was her name? Sloan. Thank you. Yes. Making out a bit. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah. was, there's there's according to the director, there's quite deep meaning to that to that sequence with the painting. Well, because it's the pointillist painting, right? Yeah. Uh, Le Grand Jeté. Yeah. And it's just 
zooming in on it until it dissolves into it's not a person it's not a person anymore yeah. it's just yeah and it's, it's doing the same thing with Cameron's face yeah as and as he looks further and further into this child he realizes that there's nothing the the further into the child he looks the less of the child there is and he is concerned that the same is happening to him yeah sort of thing he's having a, he's having a trip basically yeah he's, you know, he's having a teenage crisis yeah. and, and I really enjoyed that and I my character in the X Wings Y is the same thing except with the bathroom side and yeah. we were trying to figure, we were trying to figure <laughs> out pixels we, pixels yes. we were trying to figure out what do we want to zoom in on and then there was the bathroom sign with the little girl and it was perfect and yeah. it's it's about right in the middle of the painting yeah. and it's even there. like Pixelated. Yeah, right? yeah, it worked really, really well. So the further you stare into the can, the can also stares into you. <laughs> um, and then Seth McDevitt, combat accountant, which was a lot of fun. We shot guest a script. guest script from Loading Ready Run fan Tim Jablonski, who I don't believe has written anything else for us. And uh, also fun to shoot because we're, you know, shooting a movie trailer is always entertaining. And we got to, we shot it at 24 frames a second. And did the Michael Bay teal and orange filter mm. and uh, teal and orange? Yeah, it's definitely important. Yeah, as like as many dolly shots as are feasible, <laughs> just because. Yeah, yeah. There's always camera movement like that. Like even when it's just like there's like the one where Alex is like, "What are you gonna do? Shoot me?" The camera is inexplicably orbiting his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You always want to do stuff like that. Yeah. I like that people got that it was the the reference to uh, men. Yeah. To, uh, Zach Meatfist's canon. I, yeah. I may I also talked about that in the loading time. So, so anybody who commented about it after went after the video went up on Thursday is a fibber. Well, fibber. we also we also we're on to you. We we talked about that at the PAX panel. Oh yeah. Because we I was actually like, did anyone get the reference? And no one at the PAX panel caught it. Oh. So, so we, we called the, oh, yeah. a, a, a couple people, people did actually, yeah. but no one mentioned it. Hmm. A couple people were like, oh yeah, all right, all right. So then yeah, but then we showed the clip from. From, from man and everyone was like oh that's awesome is that the thing you were tweeting about because I tweeted about g going to great lengths for a ninja joke recently and that that indeed was it speaking uh, of tweets or but for those uh, so for those people who uh, apparently lots of people have said that they said McDevitt should be turned into a oh, right. a full length movie it shouldn't no hmm. what it's that's the joke, right? <laughs> yeah. It's that he's a combat accountant. That's not a movie. I don't know what the movie would be. Yeah, that's that's just it's just a joke. Jeremy Renner with a visor, maybe. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. Anyhow. All right. You ask us questions, we answer questions. Kalaliera asks, "How do you guys feel about furries?" Um, they're fine. they exist. Fine. It's not something that I myself am particularly into, but I, they're cool. I've seen some actually amazing costumes at conventions. Yeah, mm -hmm. is that? I think my my only real objection to furries is that that one costume, like the one sort of standard costume, it's like just, a fox costume or whatever. It is, well, it, a dog it's costume. it's a fox or a dog or something, but there's like the one furry costume, and I'm sure even furries know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, it's a little creepy looking. It's just mm. the big. Dead eyes. It's just, mm, I don't know. Yeah. But I got no problem with the people. You do what yeah. you want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Can you confirm any? Uh, this is from Robert. Can you confirm any returning bits for Rapid Fire Three? Because James we can, mentioned we were shooting. Can confirm that there will be returning bits. Yes. Yes. Uh, Characters that you like yes. will come back. 
New characters will be introduced. It will be a rich tapestry of stories. And characters who you may have seen before, but not in a rapid fire, maybe in a rapid fire. No. Oh. Uh, You're right, asks, have Paul and Graham ever considered writing a Hollywood script on spec? Not I really. don't think anybody's ever asked. Well, that's not... Or, that's the spec. That's what you... you <laughs> on spec is you write it, and you go, here's a script, and then you just sort of... Send it out into the Hollywood ether. Into the round, gar- I mean, into then the it, round then filing cabinets it of might, Hollywood. It might pass across someone's desk and they go, this shall be our next money sink. I think we've talked, like we, we've sort of vaguely talked about doing something longer at different times. Mm-hmm. But it's always been doing something longer that we would shoot ourselves. Yeah. Just doing something and then shopping it around. I don't know. Doesn't seem like our style. Awesome Express asks, this question is for Andy. Hey! When... Uh, when, in a scene, is it the best time to ad-lib, or is there a best time? When is a scene? Uh, well, it would depend what kind of thing you're doing. If it's if if you're in an improv show, then all the time. <laughs> um, if, you're, if you're not ad-libbing, you're just sitting there quietly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you get, uh, you know, if you're on a... If you're doing, like, I'm, a, if you get, like, a film, like, I'm in Vancouver, if I got a job uh, on a on a film as a minor character, then you do not improvise. <laughs> there are people with scripts from L.A. running their finger along, making sure you, you get all the words You were supposed in. to say rhubarb, 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 rhubarb. Exactly. Not rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb. Exactly. Script supervisors. <laughs> so unless they tell you to improvise, <laughs> you don't do it. Um, if you do, if you're doing theater, then it depends which show you're in. It depends. Sometimes you, you do a farce, and you can get away with a, a little physical improv, you know, so long as it's not dangerous. And some directors like you to improvise a lot during rehearsal, and, and well, you should be rehearsal, well, at least improvising, blocking. But as for lines. I would say, as a rule, ad lib when things go wrong. Because to save, in order to save something, that's that's when you have to ad lib. That's when you should ad lib. If the director says this is a part we're going to ad lib every night, then you do it that way. If you're doing fun comedy stuff like these lovely people do, then I'm guessing ad libbing is encouraged, especially if you're sort of actors slash writers. Mm-hmm. So it depends it's, on the situation. I guess the yeah, the really the real no no thing is if you're when you're playing against somebody else. Who isn't expecting you to add lib? Yes, that is that's that is considered bad. a dick move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. the technical acting term, is it? Yes. yes the, it uh, is. Did you ever hear about um, uh, this wonderful story about Spike Milligan from The Goon Show? Yeah. Was doing a, a show in London called Oblomov. Was this was the play? I'm not sure. Like it, it was a pre-existing play called Oblomov, and he was in it, and it wasn't a comedy, uh, but he was he was the lead role. I've heard about this. Yeah, and uh, it was awful like it opened and received just the worst reviews hmm. and i think after four days spike milligan just decided fuck it and just started ad-libbing huh. and just started making it into a complete farce and no one else in the cast was ready for it and he just started going to town <laughs> and just making it ridiculous and silly and it brought the house down so they shut down production for a week and reopened as son of Oblomov, <laughs> as a farce. Cool. And it did really well. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Jordan asks, is voice acting starting, become, starting to become lackluster in gaming? With all the shooters, it is starting to sound samey. I, I mean... You gotta shooters, go shoot that thing. I mean... Cover sh- my six. Shooters do tend to sound kind of samey, but that's because they are... They're the same. Kind of same. Yeah. I mean, it's like so. I, I don't think it's the voice, voice acting act. that's that's doing that. I, I mean, mean, look at look at like look at Bastion, which mm. just came out like last year. That's that's different and amazing. And yeah, and I mean, it's there's certainly you know Nolan North and different voice actors uh, you see show up over and over and over again, mm-hmm. playing basically the same role, which is kind of annoying. But I like I like hearing new. Like I find that it does kind of it sometimes sort of takes me out of it when I hear uh, people that I recognize. Hmm. Um, especially if I recognize them from a di- completely different role, right, like yeah. the Spike Spencer effect. And yeah. oh, the guy who plays Garrus is an L.A. L.A. Noir. Yeah, he is a minor character. It's Garrus with a man's face. <laughs> so <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I mean, L.A. Noir does the thing where, the, and the people actually look like their their uh, their characters, right? Mm-hmm. So that's somehow that's a little bit so that kind of works for me because. They actually, it's like they're in a TV show or whatever. They should right, look like yeah. their characters. Yeah. yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of, I mean, the script is the same. I think that's yeah, the where script a lot is of the problem same. is. Yeah. Like, Run, shoot, you know, that's gonna sound mm. little, but you get there's oh, lots of character games I, like Borderlands and anything Tim yeah. Schafer does. And well, I like mean, recently, I've been playing Sleeping Dogs, and the voice acting in that is great. And even less recently, all the voice acting in Persona Four was awesome. Mm-hmm. I've been playing. Uh, uh, Gears of War 3 with my brother. Oh, no. And, man, that has the best... They have, like... Because there's, there's, like, a little squad, and they're all, you know, like the... Doing, you know, the gallows humor, one-liner kind of people, right? Mm-hmm. And so... They'll, but they keep doing things that aren't really... It's like, you know, somebody just like, Ha! Mother... You know, someone would be like, you know, Ha ha! I got you, motherfucker! And then everyone will sort of laugh at him. And so it's just like... Those aren't... <laughs> Jokes. What are you? <laughs> Yabba dabba do. <laughs> it's like you can't just say anything with that intonation and put motherfucker at the end and call that your one liner. Like you have to actually yeah. do something. I like croissants, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. Fist bumps. Yeah. Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> what? Motherfucker. Remember that from Blade? Oh, yeah. When he cuts like Frost in half and says, Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. And it cuts to a shot of Wesley Snipes' face, and he's like, wait, what? <laughs> what did I just say? Uh, Brian asks, will you guys be at PAX East? Some of us will. You're right, asks, Andy, which is your favorite play to watch? Oh, depends on the production. Uh, I guess what in the past has been your favorite play to watch? Yeah, say oh. in the last little while, what's a play that you really enjoyed? Oh. I don't know if you even watch Go to Plays if you can do that as an actor, or whether it totally messes you up, I can. I guess not, if it's bad, it's bad because all you're thinking about that was a bad choice. That mm. that actor. You want to just like get up on stage and push him off? Yes. In case in point, <laughs> spam a lot. When I saw it in New York, I really wanted to. But no, you're doing it wrong. This is how you do it. But uh, if right, because you said the guy playing Arthur was doing it wrong. He was doing it wrong. He was. For those of you in internet land, this is what pissed me off. I, I got up at 5 a.m. to go wait in line to get standing room tickets for Spamalot in New York. And I go to the show, and I'm really excited, and I'm outraged at the fact that some souvenir coconuts are 50 bucks. But I didn't get those, and I'm saying, I'm watching the show. It's going to be great. What's a souvenir coconut? 
is different than an actual coconut. That's the thing. <laughs> Real coconut is like what three dollars? Not even that. Yeah. yeah hollow it out yourself. But <laughs> special Spamalot coconuts. And um, I love the pythons because there's self-satire of over-self-promotion that sometimes it comes a little real, <laughs> just a little bit. And um, there, uh, the bit was my favorite comedy scene of all time. It's, the, it's where'd you get the coconuts? We found them. Found them. It's temperate zone. All that stuff. Uh, and it's King Arthur outside the castle. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. And uh, swallows and all that. And uh, the King Arthur, who was a royal Shakespeare. Uh, veteran was uh was up there and he was he was smiling to the audience the whole time like i'm on stage and this is happening well this is a oh yes well you know the swallow does stop something or other and smiling out in the audience this just took the entire right. the whole point of the scene away is that is that he's trying he's trying to get in the castle but the idiot up there keeps breaking the fourth wall and he's trying to justify it but i need to get in the castle but not but fuck you could it someone else i could talk to and but if, without that there's no comedy and i just he wasn't getting frustrated yeah. yes he wasn't getting frustrated like costello and who's on first you gotta yeah, that's where the comedy is is, is mm -hmm. there did, did it get better as the show progressed that did he no, he didn't. Or was it like watching him and just feeling like a knife twisting in a wound? A little bit. It's yeah. like, no, why do that? And nobody is laughing. It's completely we silent. Were, we were discussing that at breakfast the other day, actually. The, the who's on first yeah. uh, scene, like the who's on first sketch. When they did that earlier in their career, it wasn't as good because Costello didn't get upset. Mm -hmm. Right? It was well, like... As upset. Yeah, it was like, no, who's... like. Like, well, I don't, like, is it who? No, I just told you who was on first. And Cassell will be like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. Right. Whereas the sort of the, the version more people know is when by the end of it, he's just like, I'll break your arm, you say, who's on first? <laughs> Which is true. so much better. He's getting incredibly frustrated. That's true. I guess you should answer the question now. Oh, uh, yes. So, well, um, I don't know. I've seen... I've seen some good stuff, I've seen some bad stuff, but I think the some rabbis say yes, some rabbis say no. Uh, how about a non-answer? I'll give you that. Uh, I think the best show I've ever seen, though, is a show that is developed by uh, Julia Mackey, and it's called Jake's Gift, and it applies the Fringe and a bunch of other places. She's been doing it for about, I don't know, five years, and she plays this... Uh, she plays a World War II veteran that, visit, that visits um, Normandy and visits uh, her, the character's brother's grave. It's and, a one-woman show? Yeah, one-woman show. And, uh, and just the, the one-woman one show, in my mind, calls up all sorts of bad images of horrible <laughs> shows. And it's, it's, uh, but this is so good, and Julie Mackey is so talented. And and it, I, I I I cried like a baby, and there were some really funny moments, and it was really fantastic. And that's over. Like I've been in New York and seen shows. I've you know I've seen videos of shows in Stratford and things, and it just goes to show that when it comes to th at theater, at least, uh, it really doesn't matter how big your budget is. It, it can be fantastic with one person and a bag of props. Sweet. All right. I mean, of course, the answer is one of your shows, but there's no way to watch All of my those. shows were the best shows. But you couldn't watch those, you know, from the audience. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Robert asks, any news on DVDs for seasons past five? No, but we're working on six. But at the PAX Prime panel, I announced that two forthcoming DVD sets will be available very soon when we relaunch the store. 
the whatever thing for fans of fans of whatever thing old school historic loading ready run fans featuring a full commentary with myself pardon me with myself and morgan an epic meandering over two hour commentary over the whole run of the whatever thing before there was feed dump there was fail house and before there was fail house there was the whatever thing thing. before Um, that nothing yeah no and uh an unaired pilot and some man cooking stuff also with commentaries uh and a magic dvd the, the Loading Ready Run, it's magic DVD uh, with that we, we... All of our magic episodes and tons of bonus content. Rammed full of bonus content. Yeah. It is more so bonus content than It's stuff. all the Friday nights. Yeah, stuff. it's got the It's Magic episode and then all four episodes of Friday nights and the commentary on all of that and blooper reels and deleted, deleted scenes, scenes from that. Deleted scenes that... Too hot for the internet. Wizards didn't want us to put in the original cut, so that's fun. Um... And a bunch. We'll we'll do a little video teasing this, but there's a, just a ton of ton of bonus features on that. So. Uh, Matt asks, "What does Graham think of the current WWE storyline between Cena and Punk?" I think it's cool. I I wish they didn't have to turn Punk into quite so much of a heel, but he's still Punk, and so that means he's still awesome. So that's good. Uh, do you guys have a favorite alcoholic beverage? Mm. I like a dark and stormy, which is ginger beer and dark rum. Um, over beer, I think just like a rum and coke or a pims. No, a little pims. Like pims. Absinthe. Nice. I'm a very unsophisticated drunk, so whatever bottle of white is cheap. Sounds good. Uh, do you have a subtitle for Desert Bus Six yet? Desert Bus Three in North America. It's yeah. We we announced this at the PAX panel. Desert Bus Six. Desert Bus 3 in America. <laughs> um, I like that. Yeah. Uh, for Cam and Andy, why are you two so awesome? Oh. Asks Jello. It's hard to translate into your Earth languages. Mm. <laughs> um. Your Earth languages. <laughs> Eat a healthy breakfast. Mm. Get plenty of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, study Russian. Mm. Or at least look like you study Russian. Which is sometimes more important. Mm. <laughs> Especially if you don't live in Russia. Mm. Nobody will know. Just no. get one of those big furry hats. Yeah. <laughs> Drink lots of tea, play chess. Yeah. Just, oh, say, yeah. just say, I study Russian. And then when someone's like, oh cool, say something in Russian, just be like... Yeah, Sorry about the microphone. That was gibberish. This was. <laughs> I actually did study Russian for a couple of semesters in university. Steve asks, when is, on me. <laughs> when is Graham's wrestling episode of Commodore Hustle going to happen? I guess we haven't addressed my, my love of wrestling and Commodore Hustle. Have yet. we mentioned that that's something that we would... No, I think that's with. just a suggestion. Oh. That's not a bad that's suggestion. That's not a bad idea, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey folks, in an old podcast you said you'd love to play... Love to do a let's play of Fatal Frame with Matt. Can this happen? Oh man, we should do that. Mm. Get, well, we, maybe over Matt's Christmas. out of town now, so we have to get be better about. Tricky. We have to get better about uploading the rest of Curse oh, yeah. Crusade at this point, or at least do a new one or something. Something, yeah. Uh, dear Doctor Slur, is that Spot the Dog in the Rapid Fire preview picture? Yes. Dear Doctor Slur, how would you rate the How would you rate the year so far when it comes to your achievements and success? Pretty good. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. yeah. I've been doing very well. 
I've been really lucky. I've had a lot of really lucky breaks in my, my little acting career I got going. So nice. I'm thankful for that. Good job. Yay. Skill breaks, not lucky breaks. Mm. <laughs> I, I love it when a plan comes together. Mm. Will Andy be around during Desert Bus 6? Ask two people. Yes, I will. <gasps> I will. I will crash their party. I'll be naked and drunk for the whole... Cause, Greatest cause viewership of yeah. Desert Bus ever. Because <laughs> your, your, your run of the play will be just over at that point, right? That's right. It finishes so be like, on my birthday. Okay. Exactly. After the 18th. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a, a, the show is gonna close. I'm gonna have a birthday party, and then I'm gonna be very hungover and gonna get on the first ferry over here. Awesome, nice. fabulous, hungover Andy. Yeah. Basios asks my question: What video was the hardest to get a location sorted for? Well, the uh, most recently, the, the snake oil one was snake oil. But was that the most difficult? Uh, we're hoping to get a location today for something that we've been trying to shoot for a very long time. Yeah, mm. actually, so we may have a different answer for you in a couple of weeks <laughs> uh, when the video goes up. Um, I'm trying to think historically, mm. it was really um, hard to source a location for just to film daily drop. Yeah, mm. uh, the seven hundred and twentieth degree. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, that was, Ooh, that was a good one. That was a great finding show. finding the location was not super difficult, but getting it all getting all the lined logistics up lined up was 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 a, was a bit of a challenge. Any chance of selling hats in the store? I have a really <laughs> cool idea for a hat based on feed dump. Uh, Why have we not thought to sell hats? Because uh, I don't sell I mean, that we, well. Yeah, we've we've <coughs> talked about it on occasion, but Pardon it me. hasn't. Uh, yeah, at the moment we have no plans, but. Maybe mm. at some point if we can figure out a good way of doing it. Get your genuine Canadian toque here. Mm. Would you... King Cool asks, Would you put up with a sexy android maid if it forced you to watch 15-second ads for Honda intermittently during sex? Now, with a, you said maid, not sex robot. <laughs> I like that, that, that like, android maid immediately goes to sex. Yes. Maybe you're not having sex with the maid. Maybe she just shows, shows you shows on up the to... ads while you're having sex. Well, yeah, I mean, she just oh, like stands if, beside the bed. If there's oh, any okay. time when I actually do need a robot maid, it's during sex. <laughs> um, uh, it means so many things. I think I need more information about this. <laughs> yeah. As to when and how the ads are done, and who the sex is with. <laughs> yeah. uh, like e Honda. <laughs> oh man, I watch those ads. That's weird. <laughs> Jacob asks, is there a reason why Ray isn't in more videos? Uh, Ray prefers to be behind the camera. Yeah. So, and he's usually actually doing the loading time stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Gavin asks, Kickstarter for a full or short length LRR film. Your thoughts? Uh, at the moment, not possible because Kickstarter is only available in the United States. Yeah. There's a Canadian equivalent, kind of, that we could do. But we don't have time to film a video. <laughs> yeah, I think if we did a Kickstarter for something, it wouldn't be for like a full-length thing. It'd probably be like a series. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that that might be something that we would consider, uh, you know, going forward. But at the moment, we have no plans. Ever consider taking Gib to PAX? No. Haven't thought of it. Do you guys still have Gib? Yeah, he's around. Oh. Yeah. Usually the uh, bags are really full. <laughs> Andy, what? Actors or movies inform your way of acting. A lot of your mannerisms strike me as being right out of the 40s. Ah, uh, oh, well, goodness. And um, you don't act Canadian. And I don't... Sorry, you don't sound Canadian. This is true. Remember I don't that? know why. He, I had know. A, he, had a, he had a voice coach tell him he didn't sound Canadian. 
Yeah, and I, it's very. Yeah. It's true. You don't sound Canadian. And most yeah. people. And I remember. I, 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 For as long as I've known you, you've been an old English man. See, yeah. I don't know why. I have no idea because I. Like, I, I should, like, by rights, I should sound like everybody here, yeah. but I don't know. And I know. And that, here's the thing: I do voices. Yeah. I do. I'm, I'm. I'm okay at dialects and and things. I'm. I love doing character voices, so I have an ear for it. But I can't hear how I'm different. I. I can't. It seems to me like most of the vowels are the same, or maybe it's subtly different, or I. Or just the way the my speech patterns might be different. But that's just me. It's hard to change that. And I. So I don't know why I sound different. Um, if you know, <laughs> please tell me. Please right. write to. Andy, you're fucked up because exactly. there are loaded I, reruns. I always assumed it was like one of these things where you started talking with like a slightly different voice, like sometime in high school, and then just forgot what your regular voice was like. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I was very sad. I don't know who I am. I'm not putting anything on. It just comes out like this. It's like Peter Sellers. Yeah, yeah. That's the. I'm secretly crazy. That'd be very bad. Um, where? What? And acting influences. Um. Well, I no, I sort of I do I have seen a lot of old movies. I love old movies. Um, acting style, uh, well, that depends on on and what I'm doing. I mean, if I'm doing big cartoonish characters, I, I try to be big and cartoonish. And if I have to do deadpan stuff, I do deadpan stuff. I don't know. What do you got? Well, what what am I like? What's what, my acting? What style? kind of what kind of preparation do you do for a role? Like for like a real serious, not 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 necessarily a serious role, but like when you're doing like a something unlike William Ray Run, where you have more than like half an hour before we actually shoot. That's always fun. These guys are pros, by the way. They can like memorize. They will get. They will have like a full chunk of of of, of script. Like for you got like you just do. Uh, what's it downstairs of uh, the desks in the middle? Uh, checkpoint. Checkpoint. We uh, teleprompt that. You teleprompt that. Okay. We do now. We didn't used to, but we yeah. do now. Okay, but still, even then, they have this fantastic skill set of being able to look at a paragraph of words for maybe two minutes and then have it memorized for as long as they need it to be, and then and move on to the next thing. I can't do that very well. I what I do is I don't know if I know like I'm in the show. She stoops to conquer, so I start. I do a Google search for 18th century and look at all the people who used to stand and how they looked and stuff. And I said, well, that's pretty cool. And you read the script, of course. You read the script a couple times, um, and uh, you 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 look at the relationships between your character when people talk about your character. What uh, uh, what what do they think about your character? And what your character says is basically all your character is. So you try to be as true to that as you possibly can. Um, and then you sort of get to know them. It's like getting to know a friend that lives inside your head. <laughs> and you, you sort of improvise. You play with that character. You play inside of it and, and get to know them and uh, get to know it that way. So, But I, if I were to describe the way people think of me and my acting is, Wah! <laughs> it's very, I don't know. I try to do different characters. You okay, Ken? Do you, I'm sorry, Cam. Do you, get, do you find you get sort of typecast a little bit into more sort of broad characters? Uh, yes, but I try to do a, a good deadpan every once in a while. That's a deadpan and a funny walk is my, <laughs> <laughs> is my favorite. Uh, but yeah, I do get I do get hired for a lot of wacky comedies. I was just in Noises Off. Our our forums was really happy to see Doctor Boubet brought back in Eureka. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I got to be covered in foam. I uh, yes, I guess I'm. I, I guess I'm better at being at doing broad characters. I guess I don't know why, or I get hired more for that or something. I guess because I don't look 
So in film, it's odd because I'm not good enough, good looking enough to be in the really good looking camp, but I'm not strange enough to be in the really strange people camp. And I'm not even average looking enough to be in the average, as 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 far as film is concerned. And and for theater, I don't know. I get in the chorus a lot and play a lot of different character parts. So I fill in the gap that the pretty boys can't and play all the character parts and get used to doing bigger characters. Ha! Ah, I just figured myself out. Ha ha! <laughs> Boom! This is like therapy. Ah, yes! Yeah. Awesome. Thank nice. you. There's more people on the couch than there usually is, though. That was moving. <laughs> That's group therapy. <laughs> if you could be on a curling team with three fictional characters, who would they be? Mm, uh, I don't know any fictional characters who are good at curling. The Marx Brothers. Ah, nice. You wouldn't win, but it would be fun. <laughs> uh, There'd be a lot of cheating, probably. Oh yes, oh yes. A magical realism version of the Top Gear cast, where they could curl, because that Ooh. makes them fictional. But also, that would be amazingly fun. Yeah. Top oh. Gear people are are fictional. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, Scruffy from Futurama, because oh, nice. he's good with a broom. It seems like he'd figure it out. Uh, I'm trying to think of people who are good with brooms or sliding. Harry Potter. Beauregard sure. from Muppets? Sure. Scruffy, Beauregard, and Harry Potter. We'll <laughs> go with that. Like, like, how about, like, I think it would be interesting to get, like, really serious people who don't know how to play. What, just like, don't know how to do curling, or even would have any interest in it, or even know what the game is. Go curling with the fates. But for, some, but for some reason, in the context of this question, they have to do it. And so you have to kind of explain what they're supposed to do, like, what, so I throw a rock? Why am I throwing the rock? <laughs> they're basically like, uh, you know, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure kind of style, where they're right. just yeah. explaining why they, you know, also as well as explaining the thing they have to do, explain why they have to do it. Yeah. The ghosts of Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas yet to come. Mm, that'd be good. Christmas future, how are we doing that? <laughs> Uh, Brian asks, how will Matt's absence play a part in your upcoming videos, or will you be headed to Vancouver more often? Um, Matt won't be in them as yeah, much. Yes, <laughs> Matt, Matt won't be in videos. Uh, I, think we'll, I think we're going to address it in, an, in a comment or hustle. When, when he is in town, which I don't know how often that will be. But he's we'll, planning, he claims he's planning to be back in town every month. Yeah, hmm. but we'll certainly try to uh, get him in uh, videos whenever he is around. But apparently... Uh, his workload is going to be pretty ridiculous. So, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, he's doing a master's program. It will be very similar to Jer. You know, Jer in school, not going to be in videos regularly, but still a member of the crew. And, you know. Except he won't be in town, so it'll be even worse. Yeah. But, yeah. Is there a place in the States that you'd like to visit but haven't? Hawaii. Hmm. There's lots of places in the States that Cape like Canaveral. Ooh. New Orleans. I love Narlands. Narlands. Yeah, Narlins. I don't know. There's tons of places I'd like to be. I, I just am interested to go to new places and try and check them out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Alexander Ditto asks, uh, if I asked you to sing a bar from a song right now, what would come to mind first? Always I want to be with you, make believe with you, and live in harmony, harmony. Always I want oh to God. be with you. Oh one God. bar, one bar, one bar. I don't know how long a bar is. I just really like singing that song because I'm not a good singer, and it's so much worse if you can't sing. It's um, like torture. So see, the problem no, is that's now. That's all I can think of. Yeah, the problem actually. is now we. The first song that comes to any of our minds is also that song. Yeah. This is uh, no, for me actually, it was uh, right now. The song right now by Psy. 
because of the way that I said. Oh God! This was unintentional, but the way that I said right now made me immediately right. think of that song by him. And I can't sing a bar. I I can't actually sing a bar because it's in Korean and you I could, don't know it. You could do the chorus. But well, did, no, because the chorus is like right now and then a bunch of lyrics in Korean and then right now and a bunch of lyrics in Korean. All oh, right. Um, but if you ask me, that's the first thing I'd think of. But I wouldn't be able to sing it. See, I have this thing where whenever anyone puts me on the spot like that, it just like crashes that part of my brain. <laughs> like yeah. th this is why I lose at Scrabble and spend the entire game spelling things like hat. <laughs> it's like not only do I can I not, not think of you know the first song that comes to my mind, I don't know any songs anymore. Yeah, yeah. no, I can't. All music has music? left my world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you all make of the PA Kickstarter? Uh, I thought it was a really neat experiment with alternate funding. Because I think advertising and t selling t-shirts is a really interesting way of m monetizing comedy. It's like, you like comedy that we do, so look at ads for likely unrelated products. Or you like our work, so wear a t-shirt. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's an interesting way of sidestepping this weird... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it would have been, I think that it wouldn't have gotten so much uh, of the, it got very positive response, obviously, but I don't think it would have gotten as much of the negative response that it did if, instead of it being, like, the advertising thing, if it had been, like, for a specific project. Just like a lookout series, here's, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. at like at this level we will do this project, at this level we will do this project, and a, and this one, at this mm -hmm. level we will do three these three projects i think that would have been easier for people for people to understand what they were trying to do i th I, I do find the the whole sort of micro patronage uh kickstarter thing to be very exciting i mean mm -hmm. it is it is certainly i you know we talked about the kickstarter itself is not available in canada but uh i i'm excited for that kind of funding model mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of potential there mm -hmm. yeah and they for their part they said that they didn't realize until they did that how because one one big thing of feedback was sort of like I like your ads, right. like I like I like the ads on PA. I like that yeah. you curate them. They are ones that you stand behind and believe in. And just recently, uh, there was a game that came out that was shitty, and Jerry had approved the ad based on a beta playtest that he'd done and thought looked really cool. And then when the game came out and was not what he had expected, they pulled the ads because he was like, I don't <laughs> yeah, want to yeah. be advertising for this anymore. That's and good. people really, really liked that. And they they vastly underestimated how much people actually appreciated that. Mm. So, so their ads were just too good. It's mm -hmm. an unadvertised feature of the website. Yeah. Ironically. Uh, Graham Porter asks, after getting a series out of Friday Nights and Pocket Planes, uh, are you looking to make Loading Ready Run a venue for pilots? Not intentionally. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. sort of what Loading Ready Run is in some ways. I guess, yeah. Like, it's sort of, that's sort of always been uh, a thing with Loading Ready Run, that it's sort of, it, it gives us some flexibility to, you know, kind of, it can kind of be an incubator for stuff. Yeah, like if we did a sketch with a, with a given character, and then someone was like, hey, we'll give you money to make a series of sketches with that character, then we'd be like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like within reason, of course. Or like, you know, naked if, a naked version of the character. If someone saw like the Seth McDevitt trailer and was like, uh, "We want to pay you to do a series of fake movie trailers," yeah. right? Then sure. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess in that way, anything that we do could theoretically be a pilot. But we're never like, 
it's never intentionally primordial. No, and no. both the magic thing and the pocket planes thing were videos that we did because they're things that we like and we wanted to do a video about it. Completely not looking to sort of make that make that connection, but it worked, and we'll take it. <laughs> well, I, I think for Loading Ready Run, every every sketch is supposed to be like self-contained. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Uh, boo, 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 boo. Have you guys been watching the Olympics or Paralympics? Have you been enjoying it? Yes. We yeah. enjoyed watching the Olympics, and from the little I have seen of the Paralympics, I enjoy, I'm enjoying that as well. The 200-meter uh, the thing in the Paralympics? That was, was crazy. Yeah. It's insane. The guy like comes from, from the back uh, at like 100 meters to the finish line. The guy's in the back and just books it, and he's like... 20 meters ahead yeah. when, yeah. Uh, when they cross the finish line. Like, I don't it's, know how he, the hell you could do he, that. He, it's, it, it's not the Paralympics anymore. It's the Cyber Olympics. Yeah. Right? yeah it's like, like, it, like, it's going to be transhuman next time. Like, that was, like, he was, I think he was something like four seconds. He had a weird start, too, because yeah. the way he starts is, like, from a fully standing position. He's two, two uh, uh, artificial legs. Well, so did a different guy, but he was starting on the blocks. Yeah, I guess it's just depending on how you do it, but... But the like he this guy the guy who won the two hundred I think he was like four or five seconds mm. behind the actual Olympic two hundred meter. Wow! Right. Wow. So yeah. I mean, it's not going to be long until you know we start getting into it's like it starts becoming it's like, it's like okay wait a minute it's like <laughs> yeah. you can't have two engines strapped to your feet. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you burn diesel fuel, that is yeah. not allowed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gonna have to have start having some. Uh... But is won't won't the Paralympics before they come out with those regulations be awesome? Yeah. I know. Mm. It's like why would we watch regular people? We can watch cybernetic people. Yeah. <laughs> like you actually get basically like General Grievous in fencing. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. What would Andy and Cam's Friday night's cards be? So we did those little cards of us right. for Friday nights. Yeah. And mine is like I have protection from all-nighters and Matt, you have to sacrifice a coffee and hmm. uh, Kathleen's involves putting plus one plus one counters on kitties. Yeah. Andy's would be like well, Andy's would be like a shapeshifter effect probably. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Okay, so like creature type shapeshifter. And or, or no, but and like comes into battlefield. Is it, is it changeling? Change, no, it wouldn't be actually like a changeling because that's okay. all. But it would be. Oh, you mean a shapeshifter effect? Yeah, yeah. Like mm. it would come into play. Like a, like a clone. As a clone of another creature on the battlefield, except something. Mm. Uh, except can sing and dance. Yeah, except <laughs> tap to sing and dance. Ah, uh, tap, tap, yeah, dead, dead, dance. Tap, untap, tap, untap. <laughs> And 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 Cam would be something to do with something to do with hand and deck manipulation, some sort of straight up bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tap to sigh heavily and draw a card. (laughs) Actually, I think um, mine would be tap to uh, do the red looting, where you throw something away first and then Mm. draw a new, Mm. because like that's basically how I go through life. (laughs) It's like I'll just quit my job. Oh, got a new one. Nice. Yeah. I like, like that. just I like, falling I like, ass backwards into success. Constantly. I like the the tap I, tap sigh heavily colon draw a yeah. card like oh. sigh heavily could be part. It's of part the, of the cost. Part yeah. of the cost. Yeah. You can, do I do that a lot? No, I'm I don't know. Okay. <laughs> We're just the exaggerated. Yeah, it's, it's super hustle super cat. exaggerated okay. com- Commodore hustle versions of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm not actually a crazy cat lady. What do you feel made <laughs> Avison restored so poorly received for drafting? It was very slow. 
Yeah. And also it didn't have any of the things that made Innistrad super fun. Like there was no flashback. There was no... I think it would have been fine in a vacuum, but I think following on from from Innistrad and even Innistrad Dark Ascension, it just felt sort of meh. Yeah. I, for my part, I really liked Avison Draft. I thought it had a lot of really cool synergies and a lot of really, really fun stuff mm-hmm. you could do. But it was but just, it like, way less exciting, right? Yeah. Uh, what is the device that the boom person wears around their neck to record the audio? That is this. It is actually the thing we're using here, too. It is a Zoom H4N. It's really, really good. It is uh, apparently basically the industry standard for recording audio. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. Andy, when do we get to hear your next? When do we next get to hear your, your sweet singing voice in a loading ready run video? Oh, um, I don't know. Uh, you gotta write something. We have to shoot that thing. Oh yeah. Oh god, are we gonna have time to do that in September? I don't know. Ooh. Well, I, I got it. Well, do you remember I, that thing? I got some classes throughout this month, so maybe not September. But oh, he wrote that like a year ago. Yeah, I, I, could thought, I thought that that was okay. Yes. Yeah. I could repurpose it for something else and change the lyrics. Or no, no, no. We, we want to do it. Oh, okay. We just yep. haven't done it. Write more songs. I will. Yes, I will. Once, I, if you guys think of, if you guys either want me to write a song, I will. Uh, I just, we always want you to write a song. <laughs> what is everyone's Ravnica guild? I'm oh. I'm Selesnia. Is it? Cam is is it? Demir. Demir. Just who you just who you like? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. If you had to join a guild, if you're a Ravnican. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Who the different guilds are? Steelworkers 105 is doing pretty Steelworkers well. 105. Yeah. For Andy. <laughs> uh, you got Boros, Simic, Selesnia, Golgari, Rakdos, Demir. Boros. I kind of like the Golgari. No, the idea of the Golgari guys. Boros. That they're Boros. like they go, Boros. And Boros. I, I like the the Golgari in that they're like they're black, like they, they're sort of in the evil area. Yeah. But they're not bad guys. No. They just happen to be the guys that have to deal with all the dead bodies. Yeah. yeah. Just, they recycle <laughs> all the garbage. They're the detrivores. Yeah. 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 I kind of like that. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'd be very good at it, but I like that. I appreciate that. All right, and okay, last two questions. Which video took the most shots to get right? Like the more, most repeating of one shot to get right? Like I guess. Oh, with the the banana video that Andy wrote? With the monkey and he's the cop and I can't remember what it's called. It's like I don't James, think... I don't just think, a monkey mask? I don't think James... Because James had trouble with a line there. I don't think he had more difficulty with that than Bill did with the Combine Harvesters oh God. line. Oh, in God. Oh, my... God. <laughs> the danger of cigarettes. Oh yeah, my God, that was like fifty fucking takes. Oh Jesus! That one. I mean, and... It's probably it's probably been increased in our imagination because that's probably. always like our our go to. But yeah. yeah, that's like pretty legendary. Or in way back in season one, Morgan's line the the Simu- the simulacrum. Yeah, line that one took him a very 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 long time. And how to and now Morgan, were he in videos, would be trying to make us say simulacrum, even if it wasn't there's, appropriate for the video. How been, times have changed. There's been a couple times where uh, doing stuff, especially like stuff on the green screen or things. I know, like for me personally, I am you know I I, I don't have a great memory for for lines sometimes, and so we'll do we'll do a line and we'll do it like you know try to do it like ten times and I just you know I get 
I can't get through it. And we're like, okay, you know what? We'll do a cut here. Yeah. <laughs> like, so we, I, I think we sort of don't push it that, or we don't, uh, we don't focus on, we don't the, force it necessarily. Yeah, unless, if we don't it's, have to. unless it's really important to the video that it all be in for one. Yeah. Yeah. And we also teleprompt now, so it helps <laughs> if we can. And Dennis asks a series of questions, of which I will pick one because it relates sort of to what we were talking about earlier. Why do you have no Canadian accent? Well, one Canadian accent, the hey, you're a bunch of hosers, eh? Is a sort of stereotypical Eastern Prairie, Winnipeg kind of. Completely not well, this area of the country. It's a, it's a synthesis of two different accents because it's a Newfie accent crossed with a kind of a Minnesotan Scandinavian yeah. uh, farmer accent yeah. from the prairies, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Um, and we we Canadians do have an accent, yeah. Um, and I forget what words it's very obvious in, but I a friend of mine is from the states, and she's like. No, no, no! You, you, you totally it's, do. There's I mean, a BC accent. Yeah, it's yeah. like about had, is the one that's always. Yeah, but it was subtler. I think it had to do with double vowels in certain words. Mm. Double vowels. I have, like I have heard yeah. that. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, with diphthongs. Yeah. Yeah. I have but, heard that sort of the Pacific Northwest area accent is considered actually just by linguists to be one of the flattest. Yeah, the most neutral. One of the, it's just sort of. No le less affect than a lot of other places. Just mm -hmm. I don't know why, but yeah. Mm -hmm. it well, is. I mean, even like because I know I work with a bunch of people who live in California, and they even a, even a Southern California accent is quite different than a Washington State accent. <laughs> they don't even sound like surfers. All, all oh. I can think of I now is that SNL sketch, the Californians. Steve, oh. what are you doing here, <laughs> Daddy? I need a new car. Yeah. <laughs> I just took the 105 from Encino. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, if I could name any LA streets right now, I would chime in with you. But I just name random it. numbers, and there's probably a freeway called that. Yeah. Just take the on ramp from the fur. Are you take kidding me? Take it all me? the way over Are to the Are you kidding two? me? With the ta traffic, the time of day, there's no way you can get on the five right now. Uh huh. Like, <laughs> anyhow. Yeah. Southern California. I assume California that is an SNL sketch. Yes, I don't know. There's a thing. It's it's called it's called the Californians, and they just talk with that bizarre accent, and everything they talk about relates to how they navigate the city. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's like, do you know a good place right, right. for barbecue? Like, yeah. Are you, or no, no. It's like, what? How did you get into my house? Like, well, I took the <laughs> the 405 down to the San Bernardino interchange, and I merged left. And then I took the exit right. onto, and it's just because navigating LA is famous. Southern California, but anyhow, is yeah, that, that's not relevant. Like, there's the whole Southern California accent, which is different than like an Oregon accent or a Washington State accent. Um, but some of the reason we don't have accents, uh, I was born in New Zealand, so my accent's a little weird. Mm -hmm. And it only shows up on occasional words, but occasionally, like law. Yes, words like that. <laughs> law. And Graham's mom is British, which yeah. I think has altered his accent a little bit. A little bit. But more than that, I think just that, yeah, this is this is the accent for the Pacific Northwest, and it's not that harsh. It's Like, like Paul said, it's generally considered the most neutral. 
And it, there's lots of ton, like the Canadian accent, that Minnesota, which I oh, I, oh sure, oh sure, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh nice schooner, oh, yeah. oh nice yeah. schooner. It's basically it's, entirely you know, because of Bob and Doug McKenzie. Yes, it's Bob and Doug McKenzie were doing in Minnesota that odd sort of southern Ontario, southern Manitoba accent at work, working class Manitoba. Oh yeah, and uh, that, but Canada, as as many huge countries like ours in the states, have different dialects as mm-hmm. you go across the country. So there's no one Canadian. Yeah, accent. I mean it's basically like uh, the the Newfoundland accent, like Newfie accent, is the most strong. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that, that that you know everyone can immediately identify. Except not a lot of people in Newfoundland have that accent. Well, just, people just, who live out in like the counties have that accent. Well, just but like people from St. John's. Yeah, don't. I mean, so mm-hmm. like people in the south don't all you know have southern drawls. Right? No, like it's just. But, you know, a lot of people don't actually have the accent of the place they're from, like my which parents, is very annoying. My parents run a mail order, <laughs> my parents run a mail order business, but, and they have pretty frequently had, you know, someone ordering wallpaper. And, you know, and uh, they'll have to ask them for their address, and they will be like, and where in Texas do you live? And they're like, well, how would you all know I was from Texas? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I, I like when we were at PAX East that time, it was the first time any of us have been in Boston. Oh right? my god! And we were so excited to actually meet a person who had a Boston accent. But, but you because never... nobody we talked to actually sounded Boston. No, nobody would would say park the car in Harvard yet. Park the car in Harvard yet. Yeah, we've yeah. actually had to goad somebody to do that. No, no, it, was, it, it was like Did a guy who had a pizza board? place. We yeah. oh my god yes oh no my. it was the waitress at the, at the waitress at breakfast. Oh my god. Oh yeah, she had a real thing. What was it like? Something about eggs and and no. An amlet? Yeah. An amlet? You want an amlet? I want your eggs. And then we... Every smoker, too. Amlet. We, we, did, we did see a, a couple having a domestic when we were uh, walking... Oh, yeah, they we were, were walking, just ripping into Walking one near the aquarium. They were being And they were just rude. having a very loud argument in, the, in the, that thick accent. And it was pretty funny. That was delightful. It was a real, real, a real slice of Boston. She was a bitch and he was a douchebag. Yeah. It was very funny. Yeah, but it was, it's always disconcerting that people, people really? from oh. places don't actually sound like they sh- they're supposed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Movie Bob recently. I was like, in your Total Recall review, or no, Total Recall? Or was it The Expendables too? I think it was The Expendables. Uh, that he said Schwarzenegger, which is a real, real problem for his accent. Like, like, what is he, Schwarzenegger, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, he can't do it properly in, in his, like, movie reviewer voice. Mm-hmm. And so every time he said it, he would go, like, full Boston and then, like, slip, well, slowly back into his reviewer voice and then say Schwarzenegger again. Yeah, and then, yeah. that episode just basically, yeah, it just got more and more Bostonian oh, as it went along. Yeah. It, like, hit the reset button on his accent. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was pretty entertaining. Hmm. Well, that's the end of our Ask the Questions on the Twitters. Thank you guys for sending those in. Yay. Um, so we will call the podcast here. All right. And I'm going to go push the button. Here, podcast. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Nice talking to you. Bye-bye. Nice to be back. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.